Welcome to episode two of the Alleycast. We stand together, united as one. Forward on we go, facing friend and foe. We will know what it is. We have not time for that. If we make mistakes, we are lost. I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you to everybody who downloaded and listened to episode one that I did with Mr. Black Sheep Carl Russian. We've had over 200 downloads of that episode now, and that is thanks to you guys spreading the word out there. Um, and it's pretty amazing for a brand new podcast, which has only been publicized on a couple of Facebook pages. So once again, thank you very much. Keep spreading the word, and those downloads will only go up and up as uh, we do more episodes of though, because every episode will, will live forever there on the internet, so people can go back and listen to episode one and, and complete the full series if they want to. So once again, thanks very much for that. A couple of people have messaged me as well, asking if I'm going to do a podcast on how I got into tabbing, uh, which are quite late in life, really. Um, definitely a midlife crisis for me, um, get, getting into uh, uh, this mad world. Um, I was going to do that in episode one or two, maybe, but I then thought, oh, is that a bit self-indulgent? So I didn't do that because, you know, with, with your own life, you think, are, are people that interested? But it appears you are. So, uh, so I, I will be doing that in a couple of episodes' time. Not sure of the format of it. But I'll certainly tell my story, tell how I got into uh, tabbing, running and the various different endurance events and uh, what my plans are for the future. As always, uh, or as I did in the first episode anyway, uh, I'm announce a couple of events which are coming up, uh, which we've got the Black Sheep Half Marathon, which is coming up on the 7th of December in the Peak District. Now you can get further details about that from the Black Sheep Marathons page. You can contact Carl Rushing via the Gone Tabbing page or, or any of his pages. Um, and he, he will give you the details. Basically, it's it's seven times up and down Jacob's Ladder in the Peak District in the winter. Hopefully, he will order the weather for us, uh, as usually gets ordered by the DS on the fan dance, and we'll, uh, we'll enjoy that event. It'll be good to meet new people there and to, uh, to meet some old friends too. So get over there, get yourself signed up for that event, and uh, let's, let's have some pre-Christmas punishments. As regards post-Christmas punishment, uh, Avalanche Endurance events, Fan Dance, will be taking place on the 4th, 5th and 11th of January. If you just do a Google search for the Fan Dance race, the first page that will come up will be Avalanche Endurance there, the original and the best, and you'll be able to sign up for the weight category that you want to uh, do. Uh, you can do it clean fatigue. It doesn't really make much difference in the winds because um, you've still got to carry all your kit with your survival kit, so you'll, you'll probably not be far off low burden weight, even clean fatigue. Um, but if you're planning on doing it next summer, I'd certainly get out there and do it in the winter clean fatigue. It's a completely different animal, a completely different event in the winter. So today's podcast is with Bomber from Go Rook in the United States. Now, Go Rook is a, a very similar community in some ways to Gone Tabin in that um, it's a bunch of like-minded people doing crazy things. However, they do also sell products out there as well. They organize their own events, uh, and some of them are which uh, are really, really brutal. I'm not going to tell you too much about that. I'll let Bomber do that in this podcast. So without further ado, let's go straight into the podcast and meet Bomber. Well, 
welcome Bomber. And I'm talking to Bomber today from Go Rook in in the US. Speaking out today to the to the Gone Tabbing community in the UK, which is a, a pretty similar bunch of guys and girls, I'm guessing. So, do, do you want to tell us a little bit about where Go Rook originated and where it came from? Well, Jason is our uh, our founder and CEO. He's former uh, Special Forces, and uh, originally he built uh, the Go Rook bag for his wife as a go bag. She was working at a um, embassy, and his his first vision was to build a bag that would have, um, you know, enough supplies in it uh, to last for, you know, 72 hours where if you had to leave an yeah. embassy, you would have this bag as a, a go bag to survive with. Cool. And he thought that he was going to use his special um, forces background to show people, uh, sell them these bags, show them what to do, how to get out of there and use it for survival. Yeah. Well, then it transpired to that. He started building the rugs and then did the first uh, 10 events to show how tough the bag wore. And that's kind of where the the Go Ruck event stemmed from, was from him wanting to show, hey, these bags are tough, we stand behind them, what they're capable of. Mm. And the events grew from that, and then Go Ruck grew from there to where now we have travel bags, um, you know, bags specifically for rucking, bags that are everyday carry. Uh, there's a bag kind of to meet all of your needs. So as we go into the events, I mean, are they all run by ex-Special Forces cadre, are they? Yes, all of our cadre are uh, former Special Operations. Uh, we have a few Navy SEALs, lots of Special Forces guys, uh, Marine Corps Force Recon, Marine Corps MARSOC guys. We have a few, like the Air Force PJs mixed in yep. there, yeah, yeah. Um, a few of the, the Navy uh, boat Special Operations guys, uh, a few combat, um, the Special Operations medics. So. When you do an event, you actually have a chance, you know, getting someone that's actually been there and done that yeah, yeah. and are going to give you a little taste of, a tiny taste of what their world is and kind of based on their training and their experiences. And then, to me, the best part always is not, not just meeting people you're experiencing this with, but when they're telling stories about their friends and what has happened and during event and sharing those mm. stories about their background, to me, is just is really awesome. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, we, we in the God's Gone Tabbing community, we work very closely with um, an events um, organiser called Avalanche Endurance over in the UK, and they're all ex-SAS, SBS. Um, For and, sure. And, and they run some fantastic events over here as well. So I imagine it's it's a similar sort of thing. Is it is it mostly ex-military that you get taking part in, in your events, or is it a good mix of civilians and military? It is people from all backgrounds. I did. I've worked for GoRuck since um, 2016, so I'm going on three years now. But I did my first event in 2012, mm. and I was in the Marine Corps uh, back in the early 90s. And I was like, I want to see if I could still do what I did then. We in the Marine Corps, we call you know a backpack. We don't call it rucking, then we call it rucking humping. And I was like, I want to yeah. see if I can hump weight and do this. And it was to really challenge myself. So I see a lot of people that are former military that mm. kind of want to do that again for that experience. And there's some of them that are training go in the military, but a lot of them are just civilians that want to do something different and have a challenge yeah. that's, you know, different than, um, you know, running a 5K or, yeah, yeah. or you know, some of the, the events that are, you know, a little bit more um, more widespread than, mm. than what Go Ruck does. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, it always amazes me. I, I'm, I'm ex-Air Force myself, so 
when, when I was actually in the forces, one of the things I hated most was sticking that that we call them bergens, putting that bergen on my back and, and and going for hours. But but yet now there's there's so many ex-military who are we're going out and paying money to do it, aren't we? Oh, I know, I know. There, there's a few friends of mine from the Marine Corps. And they're like, "What is wrong with you? Why are you doing this?" And I'm like, "I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I'm still doing it." But it, it's it, to me, it's more about um, the the bonds and the friendship you yeah, make doing it and hanging out with people. Like when if I run a 5K or a half marathon or a marathon, I don't want to talk to anyone. I'm like, I'm just trying yeah, to focus yeah, on this running and doing that. But with rucking, even with the training, you get the slower pace. It's it's a little bit more where you can like hang out with the people you're you're doing it with and then we have different events where we do have like up to a you know a 50 miler like we've had in the uh are you know going to have in the uk or we had it you know in mm-hmm. kilometers and in yep. france and all yep. uh, then you can have the what we call the thrasher events like the light tough and heavy they have the gentleman's event like the you know the constellations and the ones that are um you know more survival based so there's a little bit something for everyone but i found myself now i'm going like you know i kind of like the star course the events where you're just straight rucking and louis just getting thrashed and yeah, that's yeah. a little bit due to my age now yeah <laughs> but man I, i'm 53 and like i still feel like i can go hard but it's the recovery part of it that kind of slows me down that's it yeah i think i think i'm the same I, I, was, I was looking at the is there a star course recently been in london in the uk or is, is that coming up soon yeah. There's one coming up, I think, next weekend. Right, okay, yeah. Or yes. pretty soon. And we did, last year we did a Normandy event that had a star course uh, mixed in with that then after the, the Tufts and everything. And I think they did that in 50 kilometers. I cannot remember. Right. But, uh, and fortunately, I mean, we have a lot of rut clubs growing in the UK, yep. um, Germany, Italy. Like, I've actually, I have kind of the, I'm from Louisiana, and I kind of have central United States in uh, up above their Canada that I manage, but I'm very fortunate to have the uh, European um, ruck clubs that I'm kind of the liaison between them and Go Ruck, and I love seeing that community grow over there. Yeah. And um, like I just had the custom event in Edinburgh. Yeah. Yes, um, and then I think you have five events uh, planned last year already on the schedule, and then there's people that have reached out like, hey, I want to, you know, we're talking about another custom event, so. We're super stoked to have our, our friends, um, you know, across the Atlantic there uh, growing their own community. And we're fortunate. We, one of our largest overseas clubs, the, uh, the Tokyo Rut Club, mm. has just done amazing. And we're seeing uh, Europe is just blowing it out of the water, especially in the UK. Yeah, I mean, I've seen the the, the grow uh, the growth in the in the actual sort of discipline over the over the past probably about sort of four or five years, I think, in the UK. Um, I mean, the the gone tabbing community grew from probably about three or four years ago from from, from one of our guys who, who started it up, and it's an absolutely massive massive community over here at the moment. Um, and, and it's a really supportive community as well. Like you're saying about sort of 5Ks and 10Ks, I'm pretty much the same. If, if you know, even up to a marathon, I'm, I'm just in the zone. And you know, on a marathon up, up to the 20 mile point, I definitely don't want to talk to anybody. But I think oh, for sure. <laughs> but I think that, I think it's almost like a brotherhood. And I've seen over the past sort of two years as well. I think in the UK, the amount of of, of, of ladies who've, who've come into. Um, We've come into our community, and, and they're absolutely knocking it out of the park. Is, is oh, that, yes. Yeah. Is that the same in the U.S.? It is. It is. It's, at, like, just seeing the, like, the rut clubs grow and what they do and everything in their community. We have people, like, 
I've seen a lot of the run clubs that are doing, you know, community service acts mm. where they'll meet at a brewery and they're they're collecting dog food for the local shelter or canned goods for the local, um, you know, homeless shelter and rucking to another brewery and collecting the goods that were collected there and then humping those to another one and then bringing them back and donating these. And not only they're out getting exercise and, and you know, getting some, you know, burning some calories and having some beers with people. They're mm. doing some good in their community. And so I see a mix of that, see people that are actually training for the events and for the star courses. So it's, it's, each one of them has been very impactful. It's really cool to see that part of the community to grow. And I've always said like the best part of Go Ruck are the, are the people in the mm. Ruck clubs are really the top tier uh, in that. And like, you know, that's what's helped bring more events to the UK and to Europe mm. is having those clubs in the UK, the yeah. ones in Germany, the ones and the ones that are just starting out are there. We actually, um, a guy wrote in from uh, uh, the Czech Republic uh, about a week ago, like, wow. hey, I've seen these clubs over here. How can I start one here? And I was like, man, this is awesome to just have that this community grow internationally. I mean, you're really involved in the community, aren't you? That's that's basically your role within Go Rook. Yes, I work on the uh, our we call it the Rucking Activi Activities Division, and because we say we're so rad, but it's uh, <laughs> basically like it's like a business development team. Okay. But that sounds kind of you know, eh, you know, the business development team. Mm. And I'm the community manager. I kind of help monitor the tough page and interact with uh, with GRTs. That's my favorite thing to do. And GRTs are those who have completed our our events. They're Go Ruck Tough and that's what I like to do. I like to see the uh, myself, uh, Kit is my direct report, and I work with Lee, and we're the ones that manage all the rut clubs and want to see the community grow and enjoy seeing those. Um, I'm actually traveling to Wisconsin to do a snowdrop light. Uh, this one is a custom event that raises funds for children with cancer, and one of our cadre that actually started this had passed away from cancer last year, so uh, Emily and I... Um, are going up there this weekend to represent Go Ruck HQ and hang out, have some beers with them, honor them, do this light, yep. uh, do some PT, and after do a, a Go Ruck scavenger and have a good time. And I'm like super stoked. We have over 100 people signed up for the uh, light and around 100 for the scavenger. And just to see that many people come to this, you know, town, Appleton, Wisconsin, to do this event to honor them and raise some money for these kids is truly amazing. Excellent. Yeah, I mean, so, so to talk about your events, obviously you've got your, your lights, your toughs, your star courses. What, yes. what, what do they actually entail? Um, I call them thrasher events, which is something we kind of kick around HQ. Mm. Um, the lights, toughs, and heavies are, the, are like our regular events where – the cadre goes there, and they give you a little taste of what Special Forces training is and yep. give you, like, a beatdown. So the light's four to six hours. The tough is 10 to 12, yep. uh, and the heavy's 24-plus. Wow. Um, yep. Then we have other events, like we do firearms training, um, various ones of those, and those so far have been all in the States. Um, then our star courses, uh, we have a 12-mile, 26.2, uh, and the 50-miler, and... Those you get, you wear weight and just straight up ruck those. And like the 50 miler has a 20 hour time cap, okay. so you're you know rucking at a pretty good pace those mm. uh, those 50 miles. Yeah. Um, then we have events um, like our water survival constellation, a few others of those. Then we have events that keep evolving. We're always adding new and trying them out. We're doing this last weekend did a sprint series uh, here in Jacksonville where you rucked it 
and it was a 5K, a 10K, and a 15K. And this was like a beta to test it, and they had over 30 people that come out, and man, some of them were really, really fast with their uh, their rucks out there rucking this instead of doing it like a traditional race Mm. without any weight on their back. Yeah, I mean, I've looked at a couple of the events on on YouTube, and a lot of them don't involve just rocking through them. And some of them, some of them are pretty brutal. For sure, we have our top tier event like selection that kind of mirrors what they go through in the um, in in special forces or special operations selection, which is a, everything else is a team based event. Yeah. Um, this one's individually, and they get out there and put you. It kind of mirrors what they went through to get through special operations. Okay. So it's 48 plus hours of just an absolute beat down. And we have classes that are black with no finishers. And then sometimes we'll have one person, two people. So last few times we've had one or two, but that is a very small group that's finished those. And last year we added another one called team assessment and where it's where teams of two went through and not as harsh as what selection is, yeah. but a, a pretty rough event. I would say a little bit, you know, equivalent to what a heavy is. Yeah. Uh, between a heavy and, and the selection-based event, but something you actually do with a partner. And to excel at that, you really need to um, train with this person because of some of the things that you're doing together. You need to really get along. I mean, you know, um, it, 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 takes, it takes a lot to do around a 48-hour event yeah. working with someone where you're that tired and having to depend on them and have, you know, where you're getting along and not cranky at each other and, I admire the folks that do that because it says a lot about them and what their connection is with that mm. person they're they're doing it with. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I think you know, if you do your sort of five k's and ten k's, a lot of that is 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 purely physical effort. It's it's just a, a, a get out there, fast run, get it done. But when we look at the sort of the go ruck events and the and the the tabbing and yomping events that we have in the UK, that yes. really um, that really ventures into the mental side of things, doesn't it? Oh, it does. Most most certainly it does. And even though, like, I've done one of our lights, which is our four to six hour one, that mm-hmm. was as hard as any go ruck tough event yeah. I've done. And then I've done some tough events, and it's kind of based on what they're doing. Memorial events uh, are events that recognize a certain, um, you know, battle, or like we have a battle of Fallujah. You're going to get, it's going to get a different feeling than one of the, than just a regular event. Uh, like, here are Moog Mile events. During, you know, that last couple yeah. of miles, everyone's going to be carrying some really heavy stuff, mm. and it's going to suck. Um, there's, you know, I'm, I'm actually really stoked. We're doing, uh, in November in Philadelphia, uh, the Tun Tavern event, which is going to be on the birthday of the Marine Corps. Right. And I know that we're going to be carrying a lot of heavy stuff, and we're going to get in the water a lot. And I'm yeah. not too thrilled about that, man. I'm from, <laughs> you know, the southern hemisphere here, and... I do not do well with cold, yeah, so yeah. that one's going to really suck for me having to deal with getting in cold water in, in the winter here. Oh, and so, you know, each each one of them has a whole different uh, vibe to it. The one that I'm doing this weekend, since it's a fundraiser for these, it's more of a fun-styled event. So each yeah. one of them kind of, you know, if you look at the name, the description, they'll let you know what you're getting into. Yeah, brilliant. So... How did you actually end up um, working for Go Rook? Were you there from the start, or did did, did you come in later no. on? <clears throat> actually, I had decided to. Uh, man had gained some weight, got a little lazy, and had found the uh, the Tough Mudders, the obstacle yeah. course races. And uh, at the beginning, uh, you know, he was British Special Forces that mm. that founded Tough Mudder, yeah. and 
uh, GoRuck had a kind of a loose partnership with them where you could come up and ruck um, through the Tough Mudder. Okay. And I saw uh, there was a little video on there about Go Ruck, and I'm like, oh, man, I'd love to try that. So I signed up for one about nine months from the date of my first Tough Mudder, and I like, that'll give me time to train and all that. And I was very underprepared. Uh, in 2011, there was very little information about what you did in the event. It was very secretive. Mm. So did that event and just, man, started doing a lot more of them. And I shot Jason an email uh, in 2016. was like, hey, I want to come work for you. He's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I don't know. What do you what, what do you got going on? <laughs> so a couple of months went by. I didn't hear from him. And uh, Emily, his wife, hit me up and was like, hey, I need your information. We're going to fly you out here for an interview. Mm-hmm. So And I was I had been very active in the community on the Tough page and meeting with events and, uh, you know, made little videos and jest of Go Ruck and had posted them on there. And they flew out here and said, hey, we'd like you to be our community manager. Yeah. And did the interview, kind of flopped the interview. I was like, I need a beer. Y'all are making me nervous and, you know, didn't really know what to expect. And, man, I'm very blessed that they uh, they actually decided to hire me and hired me on this community manager. And we've kind of developed that role to manage the, um, you know, the rug clubs and build them and just really build our community and make our community better. So I feel very fortunate to have this job, and it's kind of sometimes hard to explain. I'm like, okay, I manage a Facebook group, but – uh, a lot of my job is contacting rut club, rut clubs via email, uh, you know, meeting GRTs when they come to town, and then going to events and interacting with them. And uh, my least favorite job, part of the job is like, uh, you know, keeping track of stuff on spreadsheets and oh, stuff yeah. like that. But being like this weekend, going to be with a hundred of you know my friends, that makes up for hammering out on a spreadsheet most of the week. You know, so it's it's a give and take. So I'm I'm feel very fortunate that uh, they allowed me the opportunity, and I've been here almost three years. Brilliant, brilliant. So you, you, you can't try or, or to, to breach the language barrier. We call them the DS or directing staff in the UK. Are they, yes. um, obviously you mentioned that the ex-Special Forces and, and ex-Special Ops. Sure. Uh, are, they, are some of them still serving? or Some of them are, um, and that's what kind of limits some of them to what they are, you know, what events they do. Mm. Some are still active duty. Um a lot of them are either retired or medically retired, or they served their contractual obligation and got out and become a cadre. Yeah. Um, and so, again, with them, we have, you know, a great mix of them, but there are still some that, um, you know, were, are active, do, still out there doing their business. Cool. And it's it's really cool. You, you never know, you know, what kind of cadre you're going to get or what they're going to, uh, you know, what they're going to bring to the table, but it's always going to be fun. And to me, that's a, a good surprise to kind of, you know, you kind of can watch, like you said, YouTube videos and figure out mm. what's going on. Yeah. And the same thing, folks kind of know, well, well, this cadre will get you wet, or this cadre is going to make you do a lot of stairs or mm. whatever. But they'll get there, and every time you're surprised, and sometimes <laughs> it's not pleasantly. You're like, oh, man, this yeah. is a... – because I think sometimes, like, I've seen – I'm like, how can the cadre come up with any other way to make you carry a rug or do some exercise. And then I'm all of a sudden doing something. I'm like, well, this sucks. Where did they come up with this? And, but you know, that's part of the, part of the fun of it. Yeah. I've noticed as well, sort of looking around the pages and I was listening to, uh, I was listening to Brian on the all day rock off the other day. Um, yeah. A lot of the events now you're sort of bringing families into as well. Is that right? Yes. And some of it's just insurance wise. That's why is really cool about like the the lesser miles and the star course mm. and with the um 
with the uh, the Sprint series, the 5K, 10K, and 12K, where you can actually participate with your family. Yeah. And with our GoRuck lights, um, you know, we'll have like around 16 is the age, but you know, every once in a while there's some, you know, some exceptions will will um, you know slide in there, but we just make the cadre aware, um, yeah. you know, of what's going on. But yeah, there's there's some of them that like you know. No kids allowed just due to insurance and, and what's going on with the event. But, yeah, there are a lot of them now that are uh, family-friendly where you can go like, hey, man, I want to do this with my, you know, wife and kids. And that's that's pretty cool, too. So if somebody turns up for a, for a GoRuck event, say, a star course, is that a defined route or assigned route as you would have, like, in a, say, a 5K or a 10K, or is it uh, literally a point-to-point type course? It is a point to point, so you will have to have some land navigation skill. Right. But a majority, of the, I mean, they're not busting out a compass and a map. You're getting a set of leeways to go to of these points, and then you determine what is the best way yeah. to get those and, and manage the miles you put in. And almost every single person now uses apps to yeah. track that. Yeah. So, really, the, the teams that are really smart about that. <clears throat> when they, you know, fire the gun and say, hey, start this star course, they spend about 10 to 15 minutes plotting their route to mm. get the optimum mileage, where instead of 50 miles, they're not doing 58 miles. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and kind of ensuring that they have a good uh, a good route. So, And you do not get that route until, um, you know, right before it starts. Mm. So there's no, like, weeks in advance of, okay, we'll plan this out or scouting it out. It's like, hey, here's the route. Go figure it out. Yeah, yeah. We we have a pretty similar event. Our, our sort of our entry event, or the one that sort of brings most people into the rocking world, is, is an event called the Fan Dance. I'm not sure you've, if you've heard of that, but that is basically it's the it's one of the first selection marches that's done by British Special Forces. Oh, for sure. And it's across the um, basically it's over the, the tallest mountain in the Brecon Beacons, and then you drop down five miles the other side of it, you turn around and you run back over it again. So that's that's a, a clearly defined route that, 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 that we do there. And that sort of brings most people into the rooking community. But the, we run um, in the, in this country as well, the, the rest of the Test Week marches. And I recently did one in the, again in the Brecon Beacons, which was, um, it was called Black Sabbath. And it was, mm-hmm. it was literally just turn up on the Sunday and it was across the mountains in the middle of nowhere. All paths were out of bounds and it was across bogs. And it, it, that, was, that was a hard event, really, just point to point. So uh, do, do, you do, do you guys do many events out in, in the mountains or do they, they tend to be sort of urban events? It, it depends, too. With the star courses, you can. Because I had people that did, like, in... Denver, Colorado, where there is a very, you know, they call it the mile high city. It's high elevation, so lots of hills. Same thing in San Francisco. If you come to Florida and do one, uh, it's going to be extremely flat Mm. here. That kind of depends, but we have uh, some events they're relaunching in uh, 2021, like we have our water survival um, and, you know, some of the navigation stuff that that does take you out in uh, parks and, and, you know, areas that are definitely not urban. Um, but the star course kind of gives you a mix of, of where you're at in that area. Right. And I've done, um, you know, I've even done a few Tufts, uh, like one in Austin where we started in the city, but then you're out kind of in the hill country going up and down the, the hills. So it just kind of depends on, on where you're doing and what event you're doing, but you could get, like, I have no desire to do a star course where there's hills or mountains. <laughs> I'm I'm a flatlander, yeah. and I'm like, hey, let's get on flat pavement and just knock this out, you know. But 
Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are from those areas and the elevation is no big deal. Yeah, yeah. I think I think our our DSR cadre over here they they've done most of their training in, in the mountains, so you can guarantee that if they're if we're out, you, they've ordered the weather. It's going to be cold. It's going to be snowing, and and you're going to have mountains in it as well. So they they seem to be able to just order the weather. Uh, oh, for from, sure. From the weather gods, uh, right? So, so as regards to the Go Rock equipment, that's from the early days where obviously it was just for for Jason's wife. That that's that's evolved massively since then, hasn't it? Yes. Um, originally, um, rucks were being produced in Bozeman, Montana, and they were being repaired there. That was our R&D place. Yeah. Uh, outgrew that. They ended up being moved. Production was moved to uh, Seattle area and then Los Angeles, and it just grew and grew and grew. And this year, Jason just announced we're going to have a lot of our line um, that are being produced in Vietnam. Right. And that's actually, the Vietnam production is going to help with, um, uh, eventually will help with shipping to other um, other countries, especially like in Asia and stuff like yeah. that. And yeah, yeah. we're looking to, uh, you know, I'm not calling it a storefront, but there will eventually be a way in England for and the UK for us to, um, or in Europe to, disperse these without the the shipping that is in right. is okay. incurred now i don't know the timeline for that but, but or when that's going to happen but yeah it's changed and then the vietnam built rucks are amazing there will mm. kind of be a, still a legacy line of u.s built um uh products here um that there's still a market for especially here but i mean i've the the skill set of that factory and what they're turning out in vietnam is actually really amazing yeah yeah, you've actually evolved beyond rooks though as well, isn't it? Don't you do boots and for, uh, apparel boots? Um, I mean the apparel line, and you know, I remember like I was kind of there, not in the true infancy of go ruck, but kind of when it was a toddler, and seeing that there were just like three different rucks, and then a couple of you know third party uh, brand, you know, some Nalgene, some stuff like that with a go ruck logo. Yeah, and seeing now to where like we're making actually making apparel. We're building boot and you know different kind of boots, rucking shoes, all of this other equipment, sandbags, and just seeing all that is really amazing. And just in the three years that I've been here, um, you know, kind of getting to um, you know see behind the um, you know like see behind the curtain what's going on mm. has really been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So. If somebody was wanted to start up a, a go club in the UK or, or in any other country where they might be listening, how how would they go about that? The best place to find out information about that is you go to goruck.com, and down at the bottom is uh, tabs for find a ruck club and start a ruck club. Okay. Uh, there's a form there you'll fill out, and depending on your location, hmm. you'll either be sent to Kit Lee or myself. Okay. And then we will we have a. Um, Ruck Club Field Manual will give you all the information. Um, you know, even we tell you if you can, if there's other Ruck Clubs in your area, to liaison with them and just mm -hmm. build that network. And the best way to start a Ruck Club is just to get out there and start rugging. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. Definitely. Excellent. Um, is, is there anything else you want to add or any more information as regards Go Ruck you, you, you want to give us? I, just, I appreciate the time with you and you reaching out for me. Uh, to me to do this and and spreading the the word of of go ruck and we appreciate what y'all are doing in uk and the europe it's 
it's just fantastic to me to see it growing over there and us are building, continuing to build our community. And we really, really appreciate y'all. Man, it's, re it's really great to speak to you. And I think uh, we'll definitely speak again. Um, and I'll, I'll no doubt be reaching out to some of the some of the other guys as well and, and some of the some of the cards, Ray, and hopefully we can get them on to, to talk about their experience as well. But it's been a, no, it's it's been really great. I'm glad you've given us the time. Um I've um I know we've got the Go is the Go Ruck show still going on YouTube, is it as well for, for training and things? It'll it'll be going on YouTube um in you know, in the near future. We kinda yeah. took it off there and we've kind of focused on just having it on the tough page. Um, and kind of dialing in what we're going to do with it. Like right now, we're doing a lot more with product description, okay. talking about events that are happening, where we're traveling to, what our rut clubs are doing, and even like our marketing department, when we're sending weekly emails, each week we're focusing on a rut club mm -hmm. and um, you know one of their leaders or one of their members that kind of tells the story of that rut club and how it started and their background. And that part of it is cool to see how we've kind of done much better and in, in speaking to people about what our ruck clubs do and, and who they are and recognizing these people that are building Go Ruck and, and helping us. Excellent. Brilliant to speak to you, Bomber. Um, like I say, we will speak again at some point. I'm going to reach out to the other guys as well. So uh, if you want to put a good word in for us, then that would be great. Um, yes, sir, I most certainly will. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you've got a bit of a reputation for being shirtless as well, haven't you? Yes, I hate shirts. And I'll tell you, here's the thing that I talk to about GRTs or whatever is, uh, me, you know, I'm not the fittest guy. And I'm like, hey, when I take selfies with my shirt off, I crop out the parts that aren't so healthy. And I'm like, these, you know, GRTs are going to go like, let's get a shirtless picture. And I'm like, hey, 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 move that camera up, y'all. But yeah, not a fan of shirts. Brilliant. Right. Thank you, thank you very much for speaking to us. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Um, stay safe and give give my regards to Monster as well. And, I most uh, certainly will. <laughs> and uh, and your guys, and we'll speak again soon. Thanks a lot, Bomber. All right, thank you so much. Cheers, thank you, mate. Ta yes, sir. So there we have it, that's Bomber from Go Ruck in the United States. Uh, it's not going to be the last time that we have Bomber on, and he has promised that there will be a few more of the guys, ex-special ops blokes, will come on and speak to us on the podcast in the future and give us their experience as well. So that is the end of episode two. What does episode three hold for you? Well, we have Nick from Elite Outdoor Fitness. He's going to be talking about a lot of things, uh, and amongst that, obviously, his recent record attempt in Leeds. So join us again, second Friday of December, and we'll be talking to Nick from Elite Outdoor Fitness. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to tell all your friends, spread the love, and share the podcast. See you soon, guys. We stand together, united as one, forward on we go, facing friend and foe, we will know what it is, we have not time for that, if we make mistakes, we are lost. <laughs>